Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Born to Talk Radio Show. I'm your host, Marsha Waiteka. Conversations plus connections equals community. Those are my three C's. The heart of my show is what's your story? It's my belief we all have stories. Some are similar, others are uniquely different. Storytelling brings the passions of my guests to life through our conversations. So be prepared to be entertained, informed, and inspired. Welcome to today's show. Well, hi, everybody. It's my favorite day of the week. It's a Monday. And what a better way, what a better way to start out the week than to have a podcast. Sometimes I know my guests. Sometimes I don't. In the case of today, it just so happens that the two of my – I have two guests today, Jabari K. Smith and Portia Miller. Now, just saying the name Jabari K. Smith might mean something to you that have been following my show for the last five and a half years because this is actually Jabari's fourth tour of duty coming to my show. And I want to just welcome you to the show, Jabari. Thanks for coming back. Hey, Marsha, how are you? It's amazing to have this opportunity to share this wonderful moment with you. How's it going today? It's going just great. I I will just have to fist bump, but I sure wish I sure wish we were hugging together. But virtual Portia, hug, virtual. a virtual hug, you bet. But Portia, I want to <laughs> welcome you to the show equally because this is your first time on my show, and I want to thank you so much for joining me. Yes, thank you so much, Marsha, um, for inviting me to the party. Um, you it's such bet. a pleasure to be here with you and Jabari today. It's it's <laughs> going to be so much fun, and I, I you know I I think one of the things that I need to mention, um, my three C's, Portia, and I, maybe you know this, Jabari definitely knows this. Jabari has not only been on my podcast, he was also with me when I was in the LA Talk Live studios. He and I have been doing this together for a long time. What has not changed about my show is its focus, is its heart which is conversations plus connections mm-hmm. equals community. And in the case of the three of us, a community that we can't overlook is, frankly, how I met Jabari and I also met you too, Portia, and that's the WNBA mm-hmm. Sparks. And as an original season ticket holder, back in the day when they were at the Forum, and then they moved over to the Staples Center. I I don't know, this was, I guess, our 24th season, but clearly a season that didn't go like any of us would have expected. Um, not only were we not able to cheer on our team in person, but unfortunately the way the brackets worked out, our team was eliminated. But that's not... That doesn't take away Candace Parker as being Defensive Player of the Year because we do have a sensational team. So it's fun to know that we do have this um, connection to the Sparks. And we'll maybe talk more about that as this show goes on. But as I mentioned, Jabari, you've been with me on multiple shows. But for those people that didn't have the 
privilege and pleasure of listening to any of those shows when you were talking about your book, when you were talking about being in the storyteller show, a lot of different things we've talked about. I thought you could just share with the audience something about yourself right now. Yeah, so it's interesting. It's funny how time flies. First of all, I want to say, yes, we do go back. I'm counting now almost five years we've known each other, maybe four, at least four. Um, I just wanted to point that out there. I I find that that, uh, amazing. But um, just to share a little bit about who I am, uh, California native, uh, specifically I'm from Pasadena. Uh, My background uh, in in athletics, uh, I was fortunate to play collegiate and a little bit of professional football, uh, which also led me into working in the uh, industry of sports where we actually met each other, Marcia. So that's a little right. brief. But now I'm still here in Los Angeles uh, with my family, my wife Jennifer and my son Jordan. I know. When we met, Jabari, <laughs> you weren't married yet. And no, you didn't have a little boy yet. <laughs> And you're right, no. <laughs> life marches on, and it has been five years, and yeah. um, you've always been a very special person to my heart, so um, that's just a side note. Portia, I believe that I also used to see you walk in the court at the, at the Staples Center as well. Is that right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, I think we've had a couple of encounters, Marsha, actually, at the Staples Center, but um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I was a part of the the the, the Spark Sales team as well, um, ripping and running uh, the bleachers during games. So I'm, I'm sure that we have run, in, run into each other a couple times. Yes. Well, tell tell our listeners about your background. Sure. So I am originally from uh, Indianapolis, Indiana, uh, born and raised there in the Midwest. Uh, moved to Los Angeles, where I actually worked for the um, Indiana Pacers and Indiana Fever. Um, right out of college. So my college background is in sport management, marketing, was fortunate enough to, to land a, a job at a corporate uh, front office for a major league team right out of college. Wanted to break into a bigger market and really um, exercise my skills and uh, continue to get better in the industry. And so I took an opportunity with the Los Angeles Sparks. This is about six years ago. So moved out here in 2014, was with the Sparks for two full seasons. Um, moved on from there, took another opportunity at a, um, a startup tech company based in Santa Monica. Um, but at, during my time at the Sparks, I was blessed and fortunate to meet uh, Jabari. And so uh, there we met. I happened to be on my way out transitioning into uh, my new opportunity, but Jabari was on his way in, so it was perfect timing. Um, I got the opportunity to kind of help train him and um, get his feet wet. And, uh, yeah, that's how we met. And so now I am here still based in Los Angeles um, and, and working on some great things with Jabari still. I'm, so I'm really interested. So in 2010, were you still mm-hmm. in Indy? Were you still in Indianapolis? Yes, in 2010 I was a junior in college at Indiana so, State. So yeah. here, because – Sports is going to cross over in our conversation because I just can't help that because it's one of the things that connects us. Um, In 2010, I went to my very first Final Four held in Indianapolis. Mm. Yep. Uh, 
<laughs> I don't know if you remember who played in that game, in the final game. Do you happen to remember? Because it was 10 years ago. Pretty significant. Was it Kentucky? Nope. It was Duke. Uh, who was it? And the unknown. Okay. Duke and the unknown, unexpected, you got to be kidding team. It was Butler. And you know oh, who the coach was? Yes. You know who the coach was of that Butler team? Yep. Yep, Brad Yeah, Stevens. it was the coach, Brad Stevens, yep, Boston coach. Yep. 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 <laughs> and so he, he mm-hmm. went from being at this very small school to mm-hmm. the big leagues. And trust me, yep. I'm a Clippers fan. I'm just saying that out loud. I'm rooting for those Lakers, but I'm a Clippers fan. And I wanted so Badly. First of all, I wanted to win once we lost, which was criminal. Then when the Lakers went on, which is great, I wanted to see them meet um, um, Brad's team because I love his style. I love the style of coaching that he brings to the game. But that's a side note because it got over, got us over to sports. So I suspect I know the answer to this question, but you guys – Jabbar, you guys did not know each other prior to working at the Sparks. Is that correct? That is, that is accurate. Yeah, we met each other um, at the Sparks, like uh, Portia was saying. She was on her way out when I came in. I believe we only got the opportunity to work together at the Sparks for, what, two months or so? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, but hit it off. Like I said, she was the one who was actually training me, so we had spent a lot of time uh, just me getting acclimated. And we just, which is, which is interesting, once she went on, we, we stayed in touch, but not that much because, of course, we all use social media. So we just kept tabs on each other. We're supporting each mm-hmm. other from afar. But I believe it wasn't until year three or what, maybe two years, um, one day mm-hmm. she reached out to me. It was a time when I launched the book um, and she saw the growth with that along with the podcast that I had and kind of just wanted to pick my brain as far as what I was doing because she's seen the growth. And a conversation that was supposed to take about 30 minutes ended up being a two-and-a-half-hour conversation, and we kind of been working together ever since then <laughs> on, wow. on this project until finally we sat down and was like, let's literally do something official together. And who we that are is now, of course. so cool. So – Jabbar, I'm trying to remember who is the coach of the team when was Brian Angler the coach yep. of the team when you came to the Sparks? Yep. Okay. And yep. Christine was still the general manager. Penny I mean no, Christine was the GM. President. Wait, no, it was Penny. Yep. Penny no, was no. the GM. Penny was the Penny was the GM and Christine was the president. CEO. Yep. President. Right, right. Mm-hmm. It's it's been a wonderful experience, and um, just as a side note, because I, I know we're really this is a show about you, but it's it's mm-hmm. really interesting, and I don't I think you know this story, Jabari, but I'm sure Portia doesn't. If it wasn't mm-hmm. for the Sparks and my relationship with my friends at the Staples Center, we would not be having this conversation today because it was through the connection of one of the women sitting in front of me that landed me in the L.A. Talk Live studio, and she became my producer for nearly three years. And it was all because of our connection to the Sparks. And, um, you know, like I said, uh, my husband and I were, um, you know, original Sparks 
season ticket holders, and I still love that sport. I, I, I'm a Dodgers season ticket holder. Of course, I'm happy with them, too. But the beauty of mm-hmm. basketball to me is just a dance that I can watch every day, even if my team isn't in the mm-hmm. game. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, Portia, um I know that Jabari was a football player, and, and he. You, I'll have you at some point, Jabari, certainly mention your book because mm-hmm. I think your book is really important. It still sits here in my okay. office. But, Portia, what I'm curious to know about mm-hmm. you is were you also athletic in school as well? Yes, I was. Um, I was athletic in high school. I was very athletic. So in high school I played – uh, basketball and rugby. Now, I will be honest, um, my basketball, I did not see past my freshman year of high school for, for basketball. Um, I don't know if you recall, Marsha, but I'm a little vertically challenged. So, um, <laughs> Welcome to the short club, honey. I get it. <laughs> I, 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 I know, right? So height didn't get me there. Um, but I, I love sports and I, I love the game of basketball, which is why I was like, well, if I can't play, at least I can make an impact uh, using my head. So um, I went in and pursued an education in, in sport business. But, no, after basketball was over, um, I pursued rugby. So I actually played club rugby in high school. And then after high school, uh, went on to play leisurely in college. And then after college, actually played for uh, an adult league. Um, no kidding. Okay. So I, I adopted rugby. But, I mean – to Jabari's level, no. <laughs> well, true. No, no. I, but yeah, well, Jabari definitely. Well, how long did you play Jabari? Ten years. Um, I mean, altogether, like I said, I I did the full four years in college, and then another four seasons uh, in the Arena League. So, yeah, yep. a little bit more than ten years if we start from when I started. But yeah, that's pretty much the math on that. You want to you want to give a shout out to the college you went to? Absolutely. I went to uh, Texas Tech. I am a Red Raider. I played in the era of Mike Leach, who is now at Mississippi State, who just put a butt whooping on uh, LSU. So I was fortunate enough to play under his tutelage in that era. Played with some great athletes and against some great athletes. So it was a great time in my life. That's so neat. So let's let's talk a little bit about your business. And it's, yeah. and it's called Hugh XM, and I want to just spell that for people that are listening yeah. in case you want to know. It is spelled H-U-E-X-M, H-U-E-X-M. Yeah. So, Jabari, why don't you let people know, what do those letters actually stand for? Absolutely. So it, it stands for Human Experience Marketing, uh, Hugh XM, and our, and our acronym is Be Human. So that is the whole basis of what UXM is. Uh, we are a branding and media uh, agency company where we consult uh, specifically with uh, trainers, uh, fitness instructors, and uh, specific coaching on helping them build their brand. And, and then we do it through social media. And the reason why it's UXM or the human experience is because we realize that is a element that is missing when communicating and connecting with people because we live in this digital age, this digital era where we just spew out information. (laughs) And a lot of it is sometimes accurate facts and data, but we miss that 
human connection that makes us all connected as people. Uh, something that uh, Portia and I realized throughout our tenure of business and even just observing through life is we are very curious individuals and curious to a degree to where the things that we're learning and observing of people and just human behavior, we're like, hey, this is a tool we can use to help move humanity forward. And since, you know, our background is in sales and media and marketing, we're like, hey, here's how we can, you know, do our part in society with bringing people together and in business. That's great. And when did you actually launch? So actually um, our official launch day uh, is today, actually, which is interesting. So we're still <laughs> – yeah, I know, right? Congratulations to the interview of the launch yeah. day. But um, just to kind of give you a history of it, um, w- the idea came about uh, March of 2019. In um, the way that it started off first, uh, we went into the podcast realm first. But through more, um, I guess you could say, trial and error, we wanted to be able to really deliver a tangible we are going to pick up the podcast at a much later date, but uh, throughout that year, that's when we were just fine-tuning as far as in what we wanted to deliver. And we're like, okay, what do we have to offer? And that's how we came up to the conclusion of consulting from a branding standpoint and marketing standpoint. We uh, were officially incorporated uh, a year later, literally March of this year, and at the stages that we are right now is in our proof of concept stages. So um, we're still taking certain sample sizes just to refine our practice on what we're doing with our official launch day was uh, today. Well, that's pretty cool. So, Portia, mm-hmm. what, what sparked the idea mm-hmm. to even start your company? I mean, you had to get the ideas from something. Um. So, like Jabari mentioned, uh, we possess a deep interest for understanding human behavior, and it's and so this innate curiosity is what fed our desire to serve humanity in this way. Um, USM is our way of of giving back, and so we like to say that this purpose found us while we were in the process of finding ourselves. So it got mm. to the point where. We were, yeah, I, I, I know, right? <laughs> this found us while we were in the process of finding ourselves. Um, and what I mean by that is we, we just had to take a moment. Um, Jabari and I are multifaceted in, in, in many ways. We both have taken on a lot of different pro- professional, um, professional opportunities. We've worked in different um, corporate environments. And so what we did was we're like, okay, what, what do we love? Uh, what are we good at? What do people value in us? Let's really sit down and think about the feedback that we've received and how have we been able to add the most value to the most people um, while still keeping in mind, um, you know, what's, what's true to us and, and our core. Um, Jabari and I also, we only consume relevant information. And so we really had to sit down and say, what information are we consuming? Like what what are we moved towards? Like, what excites us? Like, what makes us sick? And it was understanding human psychology and behavior. And so with UXM, it's like we're all living this human experience, right? We're all living an experience. And what we started to notice in the world was just that we started to lose companies are losing that human touch, that human feel. And so because we're so interested in how people think and behave, 
we wanted to create our own version of a human experience for people to partake in. So that's what that's where the idea stemmed from uh, for the company. That's great. That you know, <laughs> it, it, well, yeah. it does. And and what I what I find interesting about a partnership, because I'm mm-hmm. not in a partnership. This is you know I'm a team of me, and. When you can brainstorm, which is which is what this sounds like this was, it sounds like that 30-minute conversation that went into two and a half hours, that brainstorming op- opportunity allowed you to say, oh, me too. Oh, well, I'm, mm-hmm. I, I feel the same way. Wow, let's start asking us some questions. What, what, mm-hmm. what have... What did you find? We, we need to take a moment. And what, what do we love? And what are mm-hmm. we... Good. Did I hear you say, what do we love? What are we yeah. good at? Right? What are we yeah. good at? And what do mm-hmm. we value? Yes. Exactly. Well, I mean, that's that's terrific. And, and, and that mm-hmm. alone is such a, a springboard for where you can go so that you can share what is relevant, so that you understand the human psychology behind this. And I I think that that's that's fabulous. So okay, so here's the question. Um, so in this form of brainstorming, who came up with the name? I'm just saying, maybe you would say, oh, she did. No, he did. So yeah, I'll let Jabari take that one. Played, yeah. So the name was played with for some years. To be honest with you, um, the, the the term human experience. But it was under different uh, titles. Uh, one was branding. One was actually media. Remember, I told you as far as in the podcast. But uh, it all came one day before we actually decided to, to go in this direction when we were uh, going over content to share uh, under the banner that I had with the, the professional athlete at the time um, mm-hmm. because we really deeply believe everything that uh, what Portia was just saying as far as in just the human connection. We were like, oh, this is a perfect title just for this. Uh, that idea never worked, but we held on to the name. So once we finally came up to the conclusion that this is what we wanted to offer to the world, it literally took us no time to come up to the name. We went right back to the drawing board. Like, remember when we were talking about QXM, human experience? Like, this fits for what we were trying to do. So it really happened mm-hmm. naturally and organically from our first inception of thought of just a smaller project that we had. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. So, Jabar, you talked a little bit in the beginning of the show about your vision, but would you do you mind just sharing a little bit more about what you see your vision to be for HUXM? Absolutely, absolutely. We want to be the world's leading consultant firm, but here's what we want to provide, though. This is what we really want to be known for, is really drawing out the genius in everyone else. We realize everyone has a dream. You're living out your dream right now, Marcia. You can do what you're doing every day, all day. Do I agree? Do you agree? I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I certainly can never stop talking. <laughs> exactly. So, but, so, but we realize it's a common thing that a lot of people really don't try aggressively to go and do what makes them happy because we get caught up in the day-to-day minutia of just trying to survive and, and just to live and put food on the table. So we realize this is a common uh, problem, especially for our generation. So we're like, mm-hmm. hey, if we can give you the tools to literally go and achieve your wildest dreams, why not? 
So we want right. to be known for that, and we want to be the best on this planet for providing the resources to allow people to do that. I think that's great. I, mm-hmm. I, do you have, is your, uh, I, I don't know the answer to this, so is your consulting, you know, marketing mm-hmm. um, business, mm-hmm. is it, do you have team members that are, work along with you? Is, is it just the two of you, or do you have a staff? Great question. So we, our business model is quite unique that we want people to eventually follow. So we get a lot done with just two people. But what we learn to do very uh, well is outsource um, to other small practices that do specific things that we need for our business. I'll give you a perfect example. So from the graphics department, we partnered with a company where that's just where they focus on. And we added their uh, business to our business model. So it allows us to be interchangeable and not have to worry about having this large staff, which can sometimes be costly. And when things have a downturn in the economy, you got to lay off people. So we found a way to align ourselves with other businesses that can parallel and add value to our business. If that makes sense. It does. It's a great partnership. Everybody mm-hmm. wins. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like that. I, 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 that makes sense to me. I, I've mm-hmm. Honestly, Jabari, you know, I've been doing this for a really long time, and mm-hmm. I'm just now coming to that conclusion for myself um, mm-hmm. about maybe monetizing what I do and asking for people to be sponsors and to really um, add more value to what it is I'm doing. Um, I love this, so that goes without saying. I, I, I really do mm-hmm. love this. I love the opportunity to speak with both of you. I love the opportunity to share what's important to you. And it sounds like you have a really strong philosophy, Portia, that you're able to share with your clients because of your human (laughs) side of your business. And I can see where that would be be very um, compelling. Um, Jabari had mentioned that you want to have a positive impact on everyone you meet. uh, Today... Mm -hmm. Under today's circumstances, I'm guessing that those meetings are more Zoom-related than Jabari and I sitting out at the park like we've done before. Am I right about that? Are you mm-hmm. are you able to meet with people directly, or are you are you Zooming? Yeah, we're currently we are currently Zooming, so all of our yeah. consultations are being held via Zoom. Um, not ideal. But it still uh-huh. gives us that sense of, of, of human connection. They can see us. We can see them. And some energy is, is transferred um, via Zoom. And so that's good. It's been working for us. As long as, you know, everyone's safe and we can still see our clients, um, it's uh-huh. been really good for us. Mm-hmm. You know what's funny about Zoom? Because clearly um, you guys are much younger than my children. Um mm-hmm. But even us oldsters are are mm-hmm. getting on the bandwagon with Zoom. And I Zoom with my family every Sunday. I Zoom with my Rotary Club. I Zoom with the Chamber of Commerce. We need to talk about the Chamber awesome. of Commerce. I would love to have you get to know the LAX Coastal Chamber of Commerce. They're looking for small businesses and people like yourselves, and I, I didn't think of that till just this moment, but I would like to see if I can make that happen for you. But I would so agree, Portia, with what you just said. I, don't, I personally don't care for FaceTime. I mean, first of all, you both have to have an Apple product to do that. 
But at least Mm -hmm. with Zoom, you do get Mm -hmm. to read expression. You do get to physically Mm -hmm. see Mm -hmm. one another. And Mm -hmm. it's the next best Mm -hmm. thing. It's so, you know, and and Mm -hmm. people, people, I can hear your passion. I I can hear Mm -hmm. that this is important to both of you. Um, But seeing the face while that's being delivered without a mask on, where I can see your eyes, I can see your smile, I can see your delivery. Maybe your hands are flapping Mm -hmm. all over the place. Maybe they're not. But I can definitely see how that makes your brand, which is to be human, humanize Mm -hmm. what it is you're doing. So I I, I think it's it's the next best thing of adapting, right, Jabari? So absolutely, and, and, and Marsha, I would like to add to that. So this is something we observed. So you mentioned the younger generation. So th- something that the younger generation may not fully uh, understand it because technology is so rapid and so fast, the way that they communicate can oftentimes take out that element of connection because it's so easy to hop on the phone or to text somebody, right? But mm-hmm. by utilizing Zoom, FaceTime, whatever apparatus that allows you to see facial uh, expression um, is a great opportunity for you to connect with people all throughout the globe. And so that's something that Portia and uh-huh. I uh, identified and understood very early on, like, hey, this world is shrinking because I can talk to someone that is across the globe, and no, I may not be able to shake their hand, but if I'm able to have a face-to-face Zoom, to me, honestly, it's just as powerful because one thing I have noticed because you know, Marsha, the, the business both portion I were in, it was business to business, belly to belly. But when you're on that Zoom call, it's kind of hard to not pay attention when we are forced to look at a screen and to make eye contact. Because I've even mm-hmm. seen people in meetings where you're face to face and the connection is off because there's so many other distractions. So I, I've been really um, valuing, not, and not just Zoom, because there's other um, uh, platforms that do the same thing, but this mm-hmm. new thing of being able to have face-to-face interaction with people. Um, it is really a um, a strong point in our business model and how we interact with our clients. Although, like I said, if we're able to be face-to-face, we will, but we're really, really building off of uh, the, the Zoom model. It's so interesting. Um, wh- whoever you talk to today, who, whoever that person is, my son and daughter-in-law work for the University of Arizona. They are mm-hmm. meeting with all of these students over Zoom as they're interviewing to go to the Eller Business College. It's it has sometimes some serious technology, you know, issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that because we have to accept that this is where we are right now, we can either embrace this technology or we can turn our backs on it. It's easier from some for some than others, and it hasn't always been easy. Every just because you have Zoom doesn't mean it works really well. Maybe you don't have a good camera. Maybe your background is not really what you want people to see. Maybe who knows? I mean, there's a lot of elements in Zooming. But one thing that that COVID has forced us into is developing strategies so that Correct. Just, just mm-hmm. like you know, you know, you know, um, 
Jabari, you were in the studio with me when I was doing this show where my guests had to mm-hmm. come to the studio because it was an audio-visual show. And I loved it because it was intimate. It was personal. I have a picture of you and I sitting in the studio. I loved that. Mm-hmm. When that opportunity closed, like many things in business, and podcasting mm-hmm. began, just like what mm-hmm. you said a moment ago, my world opened wide open. You don't have to drive into Westchester to sit in a studio with me. You don't even have right. to be dressed. I don't know what you're wearing, and I'm okay with that. Now, there are some people that podcast that do have the visual technology. I'm going to let mm-hmm. that go for me because that's above my pay scale. That technology is more than I want to embrace. So you're seriously because you know me. So that's like, forget it. I don't have that bandwidth. So I'm fine with just having as intimate of a conversation as I can without looking at you. But because because you both have this human feeling about what you do, it transcends. It goes across. So I love that. So in talking about, you've talked about your model and your philosophy. So I'm curious to know, and either one of you can take this if you'd like, who are your ideal clients? Who, who do we want to drive to your, to your business? You got sure. It, so right now, yeah, yeah. So right now, um, as Jabari mentioned, we are servicing um, certified personal trainers. However, to narrow it down a little bit more, we're currently looking to work with um, trainers who have just been in the business of training for one to three years. So we really want to target that trainer um, that is just getting started. Maybe they just got their certifications. They may be employed uh, with a gym but haven't been there too long. Still trying to get their footing in the industry. Um, someone who's hungry and actively looking for clients to serve. They're really looking to put um, their skills to the test, right? So they've, um, they're fairly new. This is, this is fairly, fairly new for them. Um, so not the tenured trainer who's been in business for, you know, 10 or plus years. It's the, it's the new trainer. Um, it's the new trainer that's excited to, um, not only train, obviously, but to to start a business as a trainer. Because what Jabari and I have found is um, a lot of personal trainers, they're employed by a gym. That's where they get most of their business from. But the downside to that, well, due to COVID, that's the number one downside. Gyms are currently closed. But the second downside in a, in a perfect world, like in a normal world, the mm-hmm. downside is they're fighting each other. It's high competition. So while there's a lot of traffic coming through the gym, um, the trainers are fighting to get that traffic, right? And there's mm-hmm. no system in place to help kind of divide, the, um, d- divide the, the clients equally. And so they just they feel defeat. So imagine you being a new trainer. So you're at this big gym. Let's say Equinox, for example. You're at Equinox. You're, you've got senior trainers, the more developed trainers who's been doing this for a while, they're more savvy. So the client that walks through the door, they're more confident to go after the client. Um, they can usually sign the client on versus your junior or amateur trainer. They're just sitting in the background kind of waiting for things to get handed to them. So we really want to help that trainer leverage themselves and their skills from a mm-hmm. business perspective. So really exactly. operate as if you run a business. 
Um, I don't exactly. know if Brian wants to kind of piggyback but, off of yeah, that. But. Yeah, I definitely would like to add to that. And, and something else we mm-hmm. observed, and it's no knock against personal trainers, but unless you have your own business, a lot of trainers have what I would like to call a hustle mentality, meaning they hard workers and they're mm-hmm. heavily into their, their, their craft of work, but they don't treat it like a business, an actual operation. So what we're finding from our clients and just further research is like there's no systems and process in place to make their business more predictable, if you understand where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. And because it's getting crowded, there are hundreds of thousands of trainers out here. And to be honest with you, if you're a trainer, you typically do the same thing. So what is going to separate you from everyone else? Not to mention everyone is starting to leverage social media. So social media is extremely noisy. So what is the unique thing that makes you different from the same personal trainer that does what you do? And that's where we found that we add the most value. Another thing we observed, personal trainers, because they spent all that time learning their craft, you know, sales is usually typically not a strong point for them. So, you know, hearing no all the time may not be the best. But at the end of the day, you still need clients in order to not only keep the lights on, but to have a thriving business. So equipping them with the tools that they need to even, you know, position themselves to be able to sell, to close clients, and how do you want that to look. So all of these things to where once our clients are done, you know, working with us, like not only do they have a solid business model, but once again, they know who they are within their brand. They know what makes them unique. They know what that number one thing that they have to offer to their clients that, that creates mm-hmm. separation, if that, if that makes sense. And like I said, they will have a system to where their, their income and their outcome is more predictable. So we're starting to see mm-hmm. that, and it's literally changing our clients' life. Like we got some clients right now, and it's like night and day when we see them post, and they're sending us notifications like, hey, I changed my sales model this way, and I've already signed up this many people. I'm like, wow. This, and it makes us almost feel like proud parents. <laughs> but I'm like, yes, <laughs> interesting. And, and, and we're like, that is the human connection because if you look at some of the clients that we work with, you see that human element. In their in their speech and um, their art and what their their communication that they're bringing out to their prospects and we're like see that's what was missing that's the secret sauce and we were able to provide that and add that value for those clients. Oh my God, Jabari, I I I, uh, I have to just tell you something. You know I'm a people person, mm-hmm. and um, one of the words that everyone is using today is one of those basketball words that we all know. When you're going left, you're going right, what do you do? You pivot. Pivot seems pivot. to be mm-hmm. like, that is like, that's like saying hello today. Everybody is using that yep. word. I, I find yep. myself using that word. I find myself in a pivot place right now as we speak. Mm-hmm. And I had this friend over at my house social distancing. We were sitting in the backyard. We were getting to know each other. <laughs> She's from the chamber. And I'm I'm really not wanting to take notes because, you know, I take notes while I'm listening on the show because I want to remember to say what's important and recapping this. But I was just really focusing on her. And then she said what you just said. So what's the secret sauce? And I thought, <laughs> oh, my God. Now, I know that, that maybe that's an industry way of talking but who's listening, whether they want to be an entrepreneur or not, what, regardless of what 
their focus is for listening to our show today. If you are in some kind of business, and certainly you're both entrepreneurs, what's your secret sauce? Everybody wants to know it. So what's right, yours? Right. I I just I just I just I had to throw that in there because I just love that. So I mentioned oh. the fact that, that what's that? What did you want to say? Oh no! The, oh, oh I thought you, said, you were oh. asking the question. I, I thought you were yeah. asking the question. What is? Oh, so yeah. Sauce? Well, so hey, um, hey, is it a I secret? What is your secret beans? sauce? I, I can't spill the beans on the floor. They got to pay for the secret sauce, but I can give a sample of the sauce. Um, okay, I'll take it. It is the yeah, yeah. It is an element of uniqueness. What what we're identifying is, you know, a lot of people go out to seek counsel, especially entrepreneurs, when starting their business. But a lot of times they get a one size fit all model, and then when they go back into the market, they be like, "Why do I look like this person?" He's <laughs> like, "Yeah, because you got the standard mm-hmm. edition, buddy." <laughs> and so something that we pride ourselves on that we know we're unique is once again we bring out the uniqueness in that in, in that individual. So it is the process that we take them to of really dissecting not only just their business but who they are within that business. Who are you? What do you have to offer? And why does the person mm-hmm. who you want to offer this to, why does it benefit them? A lot of times people miss that element. They may say, hey, I got this perfect uh, workout plan. I got this perfect regimen and this diet. And then we ask them this number one question that stunts them all the time. Okay, well, how does that benefit them? Why do I need that? And they can't answer that question. And I'm like, so the fact that you can't answer the question has a direct correlation mm-hmm. with the fact that you're being able to not only attract but to acquire new clients. Let's solve that problem, mm-hmm. you know? So that's a piece of – And I think, thought. too – yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, great, great, great point, Jabari. I just wanted to add a little bit to that. The reason why they can't answer the question is because they oftentimes don't know who the who is, meaning the who is it that you serve. Um, and so, and throughout our consulting program that we really hone in on that as, as well. So helping you identify who you are within your brand, but also helping you really, really get a deep understanding for who it is that you serve. Um, how did like the, 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 the person, because it's going to be hard to sell to a person. It's going to be hard to sell to everybody, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to be hard to get everybody to, to, to buy in and invest into into your services. So that's another thing that we really focus on, focus on is who do you serve inside and out? Who is that person? Mm-hmm. You know, it's so interesting. Um, I'm sure that when you were in school, I, I don't think things have changed that much. I mean, there's still some similarities, even though I did that a gazillion years ago. But, you know, those who, what, where, when, how, you know, mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. sometimes it, sometimes those are really important questions, and and I think what you said is so. You know, if 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 you don't know who you are, mm-hmm. then you're not going to know how you're going to be able to serve anybody and what you're going to be able to <laughs> offer them, because how are you going to show them any benefit if you don't even understand yourself? And I, uh, you know, right. it. it it's 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 absolutely true and it, it it and frankly it goes across all aspects of life you could even say that about relationships i mean yeah. you know because frankly that is what you're developing you are developing relationships which is why people want to work with you that's why people do want to trust you and i'm sure that 
that's that works. Um, out of yeah. curiosity, um, I, I don't know if you've had any hurdles, kind of like jumping over a long jump, but um, has have you found that there's been some things that you've had to struggle with in getting this started? Absolutely, absolutely. Whenever you're, yeah, but whenever you're doing something different, it's going to be a struggle. We are right now trailblazing. So I give you a perfect example. We made a conscious decision to not lead our company with a website, and it was done intentionally because we found out that a lot of people build all these apparatuses, websites, all of this, and think that they can rely on that. So we wanted to be an example. Like, listen, we can still gather business, the old traditional model, just reaching out or other things that we share with our clients when they're on board on still being able to attain uh, clients. And so that's one of our proven models. So outside looking in, he was like, wait, that's business suicide. Everybody has a website. And I'm like, that's the problem. Everybody has such and such. You don't want to do what everybody does because once you do what everybody does, you're now in the everybody category. So it's those things, and that's a challenge because now it's more heavy lifting, more creative thinking because you still want to attract people. But throughout that uh, strenuous um, transition or, or just trying to figure it out, we've came up with some amazing ideas that has been benefiting mm-hmm. us. So, yes, wonderful. those are some struggles. And then also being able to do it without a lot of capital. Remember, our, our target audience are going to be enrolling in our program with not that much capital because they're getting started. So we have to solve the problem for them before they become our client. So we're doing experiment. experiment. We do have some capital, but we're making a conscious decision to be like, how can we get this done without this type of capital? Let's say we didn't get any mm-hmm. funding. You get where I'm coming from? So those are challenges mm-hmm. because it's new, and we always want to rely on the thing that is easy. Like, okay, let's just pay for this, or let's just put this up. But, like, no, we're solving a problem for demographics that literally don't have the resources. So we've got to solve that problem for, for them. And the only way to do it is literally saying, hey, I've been where you're trying to go. Here's the direction that we need to go, and this is how it benefits you. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It makes total sense, and I think this is a, brave, mm-hmm. a perfect segue because your website is not up yet. It mm-hmm. will be. Mm-hmm. But if mm-hmm. people do want to reach you, I want them to know they can simply go to consulting at H U E X M dot com. Because people cool. listening today might be going, Dang, you know what, my kid or me or whomever is listening might be saying, Oh God, this is exactly what I've been looking for. I've been working at the Y all this time and I'm ready to branch out. I'm ready to do mm-hmm. something more and I have mm-hmm. some experience behind me but I don't own my own business. You know, I, mm-hmm. I'm working for the why, and that's not a bad thing. But how come you're getting those clients and I'm not? How does right. that work out? So I, I really, I, I get that. I, I really do get that. So in looking sort of at your, I don't know, short-term, long-term um, business model, um, anybody want to tackle this? Do you have a short-term goal and a long-term goal? Yeah. Yeah. To be honest with you, our short-term goal is client acquisition. We want to bring on as many clients as possible. Uh, The long-term goal, we honestly believe that throughout um, our consistent uh, sample size of our client will will put us in a position to better predict the outcome. 
uh, the long, for the long term. Remember, in the beginning, though, when you ask, our overall arching goal, like I said, is to be able to influence uh, an entire generation of people to be able to uh, be independent within their business. Um, we, we got a strong feeling that we most likely will end up transitioning out of specifically working for trainers and kind of broaden it to just people that want to build and develop a brand on their own platform, but we understand we have to start somewhere, and the best approach is to be as specific as possible. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but we understand that, like I said, the terrain has changed. I'll give you a perfect example. The individual who made it had a business model 10 years ago, I guarantee they had to cover it this year based off of information. So we didn't want to get stuck and stubborn and saying, hey, we have to have this. We are a very malleable company. We know how to adapt. Mm-hmm. We know how to shift, change, and blend in. Um, so that's where, that's where we're at, if that answers your question. Well, not only does it answer the question, but anybody listening to this, as we're playing ping pong here, recognizes that this could not work if the two of you were on different pages. That doesn't mean you each don't have skills mm. that you bring. I mean, if you're, it's kind of like a marriage. You know, you, if you're the identical person, <laughs> then nobody learns anything. But when you mm-hmm. each bring your own um, talents, you know, Jabari, I, you, know, you know I worked at the Y for, for 10 years, and one of the things uh-huh. that, you know, I talk about my three Cs, but one of the things that was so relevant and actually works for what you guys are doing is what we had at the Y called the three P's. And those three P's were purpose, process, payoff. Mm-hmm. And mm. and actually, exactly, that actually is a good way to sort of approach a lot of things that we do. It, you, if you don't know your purpose, you are in a world of hurt. If your process is in development, why not? you got to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. It didn't just drop into your lap. And what will the payoff mm-hmm. be? It, and and wh- how, what does payoff mean to you? Payoff to right. you may, may mean mm-hmm. I put some dollars in my pocket. Payoff to me might mean, oh, my God, I just got the greatest guest because of so-and-so. They listened to the show and they said, oh, I'd like to be on your show. So everybody's purpose, process, right. payoff is not the same. But it is a mm-hmm. really good and when you're doing a vision board, and I, I would guess that you guys probably do vision boards, um, you know, that's, mm-hmm. a, that's I like that those those three P's. I think I think that 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 really that really is um, significant. Um, do you find, Portia? I'll ask you this because I know you've been doing this mm-hmm. a little while. Do you find mm-hmm. that some of your clients are reluctant and a little bit frightened to take the next step? Um, no, I'll I'll say this. Um, The the clients, in my experience, clients haven't been afraid or reluctant to take the next step. Taking the next step is what, wanting to take the next step is what led them to us. I think where the fear comes in is once Jabari and I, we have to implement change. Um, And for some of our clients, change is is difficult um, for Mm -hmm. some for some than others. So if you've been doing something a certain way for so long, you know, or or so many years and we come in with a new plan or a new vision for your business, right, your baby, 
um, this thing that you're so attached to and we're coming in with a new vision or a new idea to just something more refreshing to help you get the results that you're looking for, clients can be reluctant. (laughs) They can be reluctant. Um, But there's a quote that I uh, read years ago, and it just stuck with me. You know, sometimes you'll see just something so profound that it just never leaves you. Yes. Yes. And that is um, everything that you've ever wanted is on the other side of fear. So when you think about that, um, fear is only temporary, right? It's just a temporary emotion because what you really want is on the other side of that, of that emotion. So when you think about the outcome and what it warrants you, um, it, it becomes easier to get over those, those fears and um, you're more likely to be able to adapt easier to change. So I wouldn't say taking the next step. Um, when they get on the phone with us, they're ready. It's once we start the process. All mm-hmm. right, you signed up. So this is what is required in order to make this work. Um, and that's where we've seen a little tug and pull. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. every all of your clients have are certified trainers, correct? Am I right about that? They have reached correct. a level of certification. Correct. So correct. correct. Where do where do where do where do um students go to get that certification? Is it a college based program? how do you get certified? So so there's different there's there's the ones who went to college and they've gotten degrees in either kinesiology and even took it a step further and got masters. There's some uh places where people can get certified online. There's different ways and different uh I, I would huh. say levels. Once again, and it all depends on what is your expertise. So I'll give you a perfect example. If you are, let's say, a track and field coach, most likely you're not gonna get the same certification that maybe a regular fitness instructor would get because it's just different levels of expertise. So when we say certification, it's just having the proper, I wouldn't even say credentials, but just a proper education that classifies you as a professional for what you do, if that makes sense. So how do you, how do you put the reach out to those people, Jabari, that lets them know about you? Great question. So once again, remember what I was telling you about the different approach that we're doing to uh, bring on uh, new clients outside of just the traditional advertising. So we are doing, um, we actually haven't even titled this, but we know exactly what we're doing uh, mm-hmm. as far as in reaching out to um, our immediate market. And we have our high-level of referral-based system. Uh, we have another uh, unique way of outreach. I don't want to discuss it, but that is a, a product that okay. we provide for our client. Um, but we have several unique ways that we reach out to clients whether people in, like I said, in our immediate network or circle or even a way to reach out to people that aren't in our immediate network. Got that's it. been working. That's, yeah. that, well, that's, that's, that's terrific. I, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. And I knew that we would have a wonderful hey, conversation. Yes, Portia, please. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to cut you off. I, no, I no, just, no. I, I did want to add to that. I wanted to add to what Jabari said because it's important um, to, to who we are so to maintain the integrity of QXM, which we talked about the human component earlier, but so what we do is if you hear from QXM, we have taken time out to really look at what you have out there. We've carefully dissected it, um, and then we've, we've, we've met and we've said, okay, this is where we can really add value to what this person 
has. You're not going to get a mass marketed email from us that your um, counterpart or your peer trainer also received the day before. Everything that we send out is from a true place of authenticity that comes straight from us, and it's customized to you based on what you are doing. So I know we mentioned that earlier, but it, it's, our, it's our direct outreach approach. And when I say direct, it's very direct. It's from me, Portia, to you, the trainer. Um, so I just, I just wanted to, to note that um, if you do hear for, from us, it is very personal um, as we, again, want to maintain that, that human connection and human feel. That's great. So in the in the closing moments, because I know we're getting to the end of the hour, I am really curious because I'm going to personalize this now again. Sounds like you guys both have very productive lives, and you're and you're you're knee deep into this new adventure, which I think is oh, you're probably chest deep. But how do you? I'll start with you, Portia. How do you balance that part of your life that 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 internal clock that has got you moving and or like Jabari, another Zoom call earlier. How do you balance that and your personal life? Do you, do you what do you do? I know what I do. I'm just curious to know what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm an I'm an early bird, Marcia. Um, Me too. While most people, yep. While most people uh, in the world are, are still catching their bees, I'm up. So I wake up at 5 a.m. every day. Um, that's my time at that time. I I do my, my morning meditation and, uh, reflection, um, along with some, some affirmation and just reading. So I give myself that first full hour. My household is still asleep. Um, my puppies are snoring. My, My partner's still in bed. So it's perfect. It's quiet. Um, I get that done. And then after that, um, I actually greet my partner. We work out together every day. So that's balance right there. Um, we spend that time, that is our time every day to, to spend and um, practice wellness. Um, so that's what I would say for me. I, I wake up, I have a, a, some time to myself, and then I commit to, to working out with my partner, and then I go about my day. Then I can invite anything else into my day. Um, but prior to that, I don't look at anything. I don't respond to anything. I don't answer any calls, nothing. Mm-hmm. It's all about me, then she, and then the world. Um, so I, I love I mean. that. I, I, I love that. And I, I get up really early as well. And, um, and I think that that for people that are like me, that kind of live on the hyper side of life, that really does calm me down. What about you, Jabari? So mine is, is similar to, to hers and mine. Um, I, I, my athletic background, I have to stay active. That is how I decompress. So um, my regiment has shifted, and now that I'm getting a bit older, I can't go as extraneous as I used to. So I've been running a lot, and that has been giving me peace. Now, mm-hmm. here's one thing that I've learned about myself throughout this journey as far as in strengths and weaknesses, and this is something that we help our clients with as well, is really focusing on those strengths. But the things where you need areas of improvement or weaknesses is really being able to leverage uh, other people for that. So one of the real blessings in, in disguise is my business partner has actually allowed me to leverage some of the things that I'm weakening. So one thing that I didn't realize I struggled with is in my very own process. So I'm great at giving advice and laying out a foundation for a process, but me following my own is 
typically yeah. hard. So Portia, my business partner, has been a great job of uh, helping me, you know, uh, map out that process and at the same time holding me accountable because she is my business partner. So, you know, our day-to-days uh, coincide. So that's what keeps me on because if it's too much, um, not even idle time, but if, like I said, my time is not predictable, then it's easy for me to deviate from the plan because I'm just so hyperactive as a, just as, as a person. So that's how my day is. So <laughs> every Sunday we, uh, of course, we get together and we map out that next the next seven days, and I follow it to a T, and that's what's keeping me on track. And that is something that we provide for our clients. It's, like I said, once everything is, is in order, like I said, the outcome is much more predictable. Of course, there's some things that may happen that's out of your control, but you can mm-hmm. literally stay on track. You, you really can. You'd be surprised how much on track you can stay. I love it. Well, it's all about intentions, isn't it? So mm-hmm. we've come we've come to the end of the hour. I'm super excited. Oh, My brain is already thinking, who do I know? Who do I know? Um, who can I send your way? Um, and um, and it's not like you guys don't know people too, because clearly you do. And I just wish you the very best as you go on this new journey together. You sound like you certainly don't sound like the odd couple. You know, you certainly sound like you are, yes, really, I, yeah, you know, from Felix and uh, whatever his name was, Oscar. But you sound like you are very copacetic, and you sound like while you, some, you may have one skill that the other is better at than the other, but what, you, what it sounds like is you lift each other up. And by lifting each other up, you lift up your clients because you live it. If you were not, and you mentioned it more than once, Portia, and that is, if you're not authentic, if you're not genuine, people are going to see right through that. And not only that, you're not going to be able to look in the mirror and say, well, that was a bunch of BS. I didn't mean any of that. No, because you've got to put your head on the pillow at night and be happy with who you are. And I'm just delighted that each of you were willing to spend this hour with me and for me to be able to share what you're doing with my listeners so that they can reach out to you. So once again, for those of you listening, consulting at H-U-E-X-M.com is how you can get to Jabari and, and, and to Portia. And someday that website's going to be up, and I think your unconventional way of not doing a website right away pretty darn pretty darn interesting i i have a lot of respect for that <laughs> so i want to just once again thank you so much for joining me today and jabari this makes four in the books and who knows what 2020 right you got to catch up maybe four four down 96 more to go there you go something like that something like that well listen everybody thanks again for joining me i'm going to let you get on with your day and everybody this is the last show of september and i just want to let you know october for many people is a very significant month because it's breast cancer awareness month and i am going to be talking with the susan g Komen people next monday about what it is that they do um that's a um, a topic that's near and dear to my heart, and they've been with me every October as well. What a privilege to do this okay. every week. 
It's just the best. So until next time, everybody, bye for <laughs> now. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Marcia. Thanks, Marcia.